As we open in, as we open in prayer this week, um, I'd like to use an ancient prayer, which I think is very appropriate as we turn to the Bible and as we begin each new day. So I'm going to use it each morning and I hope we can learn it and it will be a blessing to us. Let us pray. Most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may we know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day. Amen. Amen. Do you like building things? It can be very satisfying to see a, a, a mess, a mound of chaotic things, and put them together and turn it into something that's uh, beautiful or useful. And this week we're looking at how God is involving us in the most exciting building project ever, the building of his church. If you are contributing to a building project, it's likely that you have some apprehension at the beginning as to whether you have the resources necessary. And so it is with the project outlined in Acts, we could have understandably some concern. And this week we'll be looking at some of the issues and God willing, we'll be encouraged and strengthened as we face the task to which we're all called, working with Christ to build the church. Perhaps one of the most important things to grasp is that what we are called to do is not just doing something for God, but doing it with God. Uh, back on Friday, when we looked at the end, uh, or the beginning rather, of Acts and read in chapter 1, we read Jesus' statement to his disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we read then later on in chapter 2 how that took place. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all filled, uh, sorry, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And what we see now in chapter two, as we go on there, is the reality of how that power was working. We see it taking effect, particularly in two ways, the transformation of a person and the transformation of a people. And that's what we're looking at today, power for a purpose. The first purpose we see is the transformation of Peter. What a transformation that was. Here is Peter, who at the trial of Jesus had been frightened by a young servant girl, denied being a disciple of Jesus, something he then repeated twice. Now look at him, no longer cringing in the courtyard, 
but standing in the middle of Jerusalem, no longer fearfully facing a servant girl, but now a great crowd of people, no longer not denying that he ever knew Jesus, but boldly proclaiming, let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. What a transformation. What a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And we see it working out in him in two ways, both the man and his message. Already referred to the incident of Peter's denial of Christ, which followed his vehement declaration of loyalty, which he'd made at the Last Supper. We're familiar with Peter's, Peter's impetuosity and his tendency, as the saying goes, that every time he opens his mouth, he puts his foot in it. Now it appears that rather than quickly jumping to his own conclusions, as he usually does, he has been listening to the scriptures. No doubt the Bible study that they had with the Lord Jesus after his ascension had a real impact when we read that Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Peter now grasped that this amazing event which he and the others had experienced was the working out of God's purpose. The time would come when the indwelling and outworking of the Holy Spirit would take place. So chapter two, reading on in verses 15 to 18, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And so now, rather than trying to dissuade Jesus from going to the cross, he sees that the cross is just what God had planned. He sees too that the resurrection had been prophesied also. He spoke of David and mentioned him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne and he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ. Clearly the Spirit was taking the word of God and bringing about a transformation in Peter's understanding. Clear that the Spirit was taking the word and impressing on Peter that it was Jesus that was the message that he was to preach. Then later on in, in, in Acts 2, we see the Spirit working it another way, not just the transformation of a person, the individual Peter, but the transformation of a whole community of people. Reading from verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, 
to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued meeting in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we see the Spirit at work again in a number of ways. The people had a transformed relationship with God. They believed, were baptised, 3,000 of them. They sought to learn about God, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. And that suggests something that, that's very intense. They devoted themselves. It was really important for them. They prayed, they praised, they had a transformed relationship with each other, fellowship, friendship, and care. So what can we learn from them? First of all, the fact that from just being a group of individuals, they became a community with common interests. They became church. So we see how the Spirit of God used the Word of God to bring about a transformation in Peter to be the basis of his preaching. It's very important that we have this as we respond to the Jesus' call to work with him in church building. First of all, we must allow the Holy Spirit to bring about our understanding and beyond that, our transformation through the Scriptures. The writer to the Hebrews in chapter 4 for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. As someone said, the, spirit, the, the word of God is not just for information, but it is for transformation. So then, uh, Peter writes in 2 Timothy in the Message Translation, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. And we need to, to recognize that in proclaiming the message that we are looking there too for the power of the Holy Spirit. So as Paul wrote in Corinthians, so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration 
of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so we see that at the beginning of this building project, God provides the main resource that we need, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we go through this week and look at the various aspects of what it means to be building his church, may we be encouraged by the reality of the Spirit's presence to impart power for this purpose. And how is that going to happen? It's as we give attention to the scriptures and we're deliberately open to the Spirit to work in us to grant his power for this purpose. I wonder if we might close with uh, a prayer based on uh, an old chorus that some of us may remember we used to sing. So let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Take me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Amen. Amen.